Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a podcast where we speak candidly about all things health and well-being. My name is Lauren Young. I'm Carlos Quinones. And we're well-being peer educators here at UC San Diego. On this episode of Live Well, Be Well, we'll be discussing mental health. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental health is an aspect of, of life that many people forget about. Mental health is part of total health. In this episode, we will speak on ways to help improve your mental health and combat the struggles of pandemic and college life. So we hope you get inspired, we hope you feel connected, and we hope you discover new ways to live your best life. Let's get started. Recent studies have shown as the pandemic relentlessly persists, we are seeing the highest levels of anxiety and depression reported since the pandemic hit the U.S. in March. This is a troubling trend being fueled by loneliness and isolation. We are also seeing alarming numbers of children reporting thoughts of suicide and self-harm. The 2021 State of Mental Health in America report confirms the trend that mental health in the U.S. continues to get worse and many states are ill-prepared to handle this crisis and policymakers at every level of government need to act immediately. Mental health disorders are a wide range of conditions that affect your mood, thinking, and behavior. The quality of life seemingly goes down when suffering from a mental disorder for long periods of time. Some of these include clinical depression, anxiety disorder, bipolar disorder, OCD, schizophrenia, and others. College students are among the demographic with rising mental disorders. Nearly 30% of college students have felt so depressed in the past year that it was difficult to function. And more than 50% have felt overwhelming anxiety, making it hard to succeed academically according to the American College Health Association. Simply put, if you are a college student struggling with a mental health issue, you are not alone, and there is no reason to suffer in silence. Mental health conditions can be treated successfully. Research suggests that early interventions may improve treatment success and lessen long-term disabilities associated with mental health disorders. So how can we combat this current health issue? With self-care. So what is self-care? The World Health Organization defines self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. Practicing self-care is crucial in preparing our bodies and minds for the inevitable challenges that await us and play major roles in determining our ability to bounce back from adverse circumstances such as the COVID pandemic. Self-care can be practiced in many different ways. Self-care can be split into four general categories, physical, social, emotional, and spiritual. Social self-care can include activities like spending time with loved ones, such as family and friends for support. It can also be seen in activities such as being supportive to others, seeking out others for social activities, Establishing healthy boundaries with others, especially when others are too demanding of your time and energy, and even being aware of your feelings of loneliness. Humans were designed to communicate and interact with one another. Biologically, humans get energized and happier when interacting with others. Every person is different, and some people are introverted or extroverted, so the amount of social self-care needs needed varies. Emotional self-care focuses on the importance of developing coping skills that can help us deal with emotions that may be uncomfortable. Things like anger, anxiety, or sadness. 
This includes activities that help us acknowledge and express our feelings on a regular basis, whether it be talking to a friend or family member about the emotions you're experiencing, getting help early on if you are feeling overwhelmed, or listening to music that soothes you. Emotional self-care allows us to practice the relaxation skills that work best for us on a day-to-day -day basis. These activities can help us stay in tune with how we feel, help us process our emotions, and help us recharge when we may be feeling worn out. Spiritual self-care includes activities that help us feel good deep down in our souls. This can include activities such as meditation, connecting with nature, creating art like drawing, painting, or using Photoshop, listening to music, or volunteering for a cause that you love. Physical self-care, uh, your whole body is connected. So taking care of, your, of yourself physically can help you mentally. Some physical self-care tips can be sleeping more, getting regular physical exercise, eating balanced meals, taking a break to practice breathing, stretching after sitting for long periods of time, reducing consumptions of alcohol and caffeine. I recommend going on walks multiple times a day. They don't have to be long walks or intense walks. Just going outside and moving the body a little will help with your mental and physical health. So Lauren, what, what do we do for self-care? One of my favorite forms of self-care is hanging out with friends or in COVID's case, Zooming with friends. Sometimes my friends and I will play games over Zoom, we'll watch movies over Zoom, or we'll just talk over Zoom. We can even study over Zoom sometimes. I also love grabbing coffee or getting takeout breakfast with a friend, hitting the park and staying social distanced while we catch up. It's a super fun way to socialize and stay connected while also remaining COVID safe. How about you, Carlos? Me? Well, your activities sound like tons of fun, Lauren. I, I also do. I definitely love hanging out with my friends. It's something I definitely have to do multiple times a day, whether it be things small, such as just texting them or even things that we love to do. We love playing video games. Since it's COVID right now, we can't really see each other. So we'll hop online at night, play video games. And even though you're not there in person with your friends, it's still great to hear their voice, joke around with them especially after a long day of schoolwork. Other times we also love going to like play basketball, stuff like that. It's just a great way to relax yourself, get away from the stresses of school and other life tasks. And it's a great way to just help your soul out, essentially. Other forms of self-care that I do is working on a schedule. Sad to admit this, but it's my third year of college, but I finally found a technique that works for me. At the beginning of the week on a Sunday, I'll get all my tasks, duties, and commitments I have on a piece of paper. I'll split it up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so on. And then I'll just have all my tasks there. It could be overwhelming at times looking at that, seeing how many tasks you have to get done. But the feeling once you get a task done, you scratch it off. And at the end of the week, optimally, you'd have all the tasks done. This feels good to know that you did so much during the week when during COVID, it doesn't feel like you do much. But seeing all your tasks in front of you is a great way to do that. Yeah, I do the same thing, Carlos. I'm super organized with my commitments just because it makes me feel much more put together for school. Um, so at the beginning of the quarter, I always make a 10-week quarter plan and fill in all of my homework deadlines, exam dates, and so forth in the boxes of the 10-week lesson or quarter plan. So Usually you can find a 10-week lesson plan in your course syllabus, um, which is extremely useful. Uh, 
This prevents any deadlines from sneaking up on me and allows me to stay on top or even ahead of my work considering all of my activities, tasks, commitments that I need to get done are all laid out in front of me. Additionally, I'll go in with a weekly calendar like you, Carlos, and list my activities for the week and dedicate specific time blocks for homework assignments, meetings, etc. Then I can go back in and fill in those open blocks with self-care time. This allows me to stay on top of my mental health and forces me to take a break from school. That's great. Great to hear. You sound very, very organized, Lauren. Um, some other techniques that I do, probably one of my favorite ones is exercising. Uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, all the gyms have been closed, but my family, we have a little one at home set up, got the essentials that you need. So it's a great way to start the morning. Luckily, live by UCSD, so can just go over, walk to the beach. It's just amazing to go over there, do that. And I feel it just boosts my day, it gets me off to a great start. And once I'm awake and up, I'll just get moving throughout my day. If I don't work out, I feel like I'm just gonna be lazy and just not get a jump on the day. So exercising definitely great for the, the body, essentially also helps the mind and just also helps me out daily. I 100% agree, Carlos. Physical exercise and activity is my favorite form of self-care. Starting off the day with a run helps me feel energized for a long day of classes, and it gets my body moving before I'm sitting down at my desk all day, going to Zoom University. I also like taking a short walk between my classes just to kind of help me re-energize when I'm starting to feel sluggish during the afternoon after I've been studying and attending class for a few hours. Yeah, those are some great ways that me and Lauren practice our self-care. But here we're going to give you some other resources on campus and off that'll help you with self-care activities. So if you or someone you know is struggling with self-care, self-love, or mental health, CAPS at UC San Diego is a great resource. They offer both counseling and psychological services. CAPS provides individual, group, couples, and family psychotherapy to registered undergraduate and graduate students. Services are confidential and free of charge to currently enrolled students who have paid their registration fees. In response to the COVID pandemic, they're currently offering online health appointments. To find out more information, you can visit their website at caps.ucsd.edu. Another, another self-care tool that the school offers to, to UCSD students is that UCSD has given UCSD students free Headspace Pro accounts. Headspace Pro gives you access to the meditation app and the Headspace app is just great. It's a, it's a meditation app designed for people who are beginners, intermediate, and more advanced. They have different topics such as fitness, focusing, breathing, sleeping, pretty much encompasses all the aspects you need of mental and physical health. And they have some great celebrities on there just giving you motivation. I listened to one from Kevin Hart about fitness. That was pretty cool, pretty funny, kind of like getting an inspirational speech from, from Kevin Hart himself. There's tons of other great celebrities on there. And the app itself is just very friendly user interface and just overall great if you want to, whether you're an advanced person or a beginner person to get into meditation, as meditation is just a great tool for your self-care. And then now we're going to go into different ways to approach to help people. If you see someone 
that is struggling a bit, you suspect that they may be helping. So here are some phrases to help start a conversation if you want to help a friend or a loved one that you suspect might be going through issues. Some phrases to start a conversation if you want to help is, do you want to talk about it? I'm always here to help you. This question is a great way to let a person know that you care about them and are a resource for them. Another phrase is, that sounds really difficult. How are you coping? That question acknowledges how someone is feeling and makes it validated, makes them feel comforted and allows the other person to open up more to you. Some other tactics could be asking them, let's go for a quiet walk or talk somewhere else. And then just the fact that you're outside walking, moving can help someone feel more relaxed, especially if someone's feeling very anxious or stressed out, doing an activity like walking or being outside helps them get grounded and just helps hopefully alleviate some of the stress and anxiety they're feeling. One other phrase that you could probably use is, what can I do to help? Or are you looking for my perspective or would you rather I listen? Offering help allows individuals to set boundaries in the conversation. In some cases, people may just be looking for someone to listen rather than looking for advice. There are also some phrases that are important to avoid when approaching people to help. These phrases could include, why aren't you seeing a therapist? This intention may be kind-hearted and caring, but it may come off as accusatory. Instead, suggest a therapist. Like, I heard therapists help with whatever they're going through. Another phrase could be, you wouldn't feel this way if dot dot dot. This could place the blame on that person and lead to unnecessary stress for the individual, which could make them hesitant to open up about their feelings with you in the future. Yep. Overall, self-care is very important, and we hope you learned a lot about self-care here. So that concludes this episode of Live Well, Be Well. If you like what you heard and would like to learn more about the topics related to health and well-being, there's so much more to come. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook under at UCSDWPE, and stay tuned for our next episode of Live Well, Be Well. Until next time, be kind, be true, be you, and remember, to be well is to live well.